behind us, right on the side of us. You could, you could kind of see the thing moving through the woods. Uh, all I can remember is flipping the light on, and I see this creature, and I knew I knew in my heart, I knew in my mind, in the whole night, this isn't a man. And then this thing walks across the road, takes a turn towards us, and then leaps over a guardrail. Went to look forward, and there was a big black thing, is all I can Squatch DTV, exploring the Bigfoot mystery each week with your hosts, veteran researcher, author, and TV personality, the Squatch Detective, Steve Culls, and from the Bigfoot Research Project of Kentucky, Chris Bennett. Sit back and buckle up as we bring you guests from around North America discussing the Bigfoot phenomena, but not without a few laughs, too. Here are your hosts, Steve and Chris. And good evening, cyberspace. Welcome to Squatch D TV for today's date, May 31st, 2020. I'm your host, your guide, the Squatch Detective Steve Coles, along with, well, the guy downstairs, Mr. Chris Bennett. <laughs> hey, guys. How you doing, Steve? Man, the, the chat room is already hopping. I'm glad this uh, mic was muted a while ago because uh, I saw some comments in there and I busted out laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you guys. Oh, here we are. So let's, uh, well, down, downstairs we have our good friend, oh, oh, Justin. There's Justin. There's Justin. How's it going, guys? We are doing wonderful. So let's do our roll call here. Of course, we have Mr. Jimmy Trick. Good evening, Jimmy. Jimmy. Cryptidville. Cryptidville. <laughs> Good evening, Cryptidville. Uh, Charlie Wonton. Hello there. Welcome, Charlie. And looks like we got Walt. I'm Walt. wondering if maybe little Walt is in the wings. Uh, <laughs> uh, John's, John, good evening to you, good sir. John. Uh, Tom Connolly popped in, but he's leaving for work shortly. Yeah. <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right, a lot of killing shows. <laughs> no, no. 
She no. she never says red rum. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> she says insurance. <laughs> um. Oh, and happy birthday to Mick. Hey, happy birthday, Mick. Steve, welcome, my big buddy. What's going hey, on? Steve. Channel Giant, Steve Cawthorn. We got Bob. Bob, good to see you, Bob. Big bad Bob. And of course, Sherry saying hi to Chris. Hi, Sherry. Hey. Hey, it's Billy Crank. How you doing? Uh, yeah, Billy. I know Billy from Scarefest, also from Kentucky. <laughs> Billy, welcome. Terry, how are you? Welcome. Terry. Dave Houston. Dave, it's been a long time. Miss you, buddy. And uh, he's from down in Texas, obviously, hey, just by the name of Houston. Oh, yeah. And uh, we, we got... Um, Jerry, 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 good to see you, brother. Not Jerry. So here we are tonight, and uh, another another week of shutdown here in New York with the coronavirus. Yep. Some areas are going into what they call phase two, which means I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> I have no, no idea. But, um, but anyway, uh, you know, a tough week for the nation, obviously, what's going on. And, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Saint uh, Min, uh, yeah, Minnesota, but yeah. uh, worldwide, yeah, worldwide, yep, yeah. But we're staying clear from that stuff tonight. Yeah. We're talking about yeah. our favorite topic, the topic yep. of the big hairy guy, yep. the gal, no, the sass. No, no politics, no yeah. politics. Um, <clears throat> so anyway, with, with us tonight we have Justin Chernipesky from uh, Mountain, uh, yeah, Mountain Beast. Uh, <laughs> mysteries and um you know you have to excuse me i was i was just on a podcast for almost two hours from six to eight tonight over on the phone oh. and slip as a guest oh wow. so i've been on the, the mic for quite quite a time and um and uh, diane thanks us for no politics yes we keep all that blah yeah. out of here but anyway let's get right to it today um with our guest let me put the Graphic up there we go, and of course it brings right back down automatically. All right, back up there we are. Those are some cool shades, Justin. I like those. <laughs> Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> Didn't expect that to be the first comment of the night, did you? <laughs> I'll I'll take what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do a a wonderful cinematography job. I, I'll tell you, I, you know, watching your stuff, I was like, wow, look at that. You you put us right there, which is really cool. But anyway, Justin, how did you, we, we've had you on the radio portion, and we have a whole ton of new people since then, um, and I want to thank and welcome all our subscribers, new subscribers that have popped on over the last uh, week, and uh, glad to have you aboard. Welcome. Um, <laughs> um, but so for the sake, we're going to start over like we never did the radio show before, Justin. How did you get started in this crazy Bigfoot business? Well, I originally started off wanting to get into filmmaking and uh, I was looking for any kind of idea that would be relatively easy to make um, for somebody with like no budget. And at the time, my dad had called me with a crazy story um, of an experience he had on Vancouver Island where he had him and his buddy were out on a little boat on a lake and they were fishing and something was throwing these large rocks into the lake while they were there and my dad had actually like seen this happen. So he was already into Bigfoot and he's like a believer 100%. So he's like, Justin, like I have, I have this crazy story. You have to like go check out this place. And I was like, well, I could put two and two together, like the filmmaking and the Bigfoot thing. And, you know, it's pretty much my backyard. All these really, I guess, 
all these areas that have quite a few encounters, like the Nordic area and BC is not too far away where Vancouver Island is. So it was just kind of a good, easy way to get into filmmaking. But then the Bigfoot thing kind of took over. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I got mean... sucked into that. <laughs> <laughs> not hard, not hard to do. Um, oh, Mick. Yeah. Mick says phase two means all men have to shave their what? <sighs> <laughs> oh, Mick, I can't put that. This is a kind of a family show. You know, Justin, we were talking before the show, you know, and I couldn't remember for sure that I'd watch your documentary. I now I remember now. Yep, no, I watch it. It's good. Yeah. You got a few Thank now. Uh, just to start that all right on the right foot. Where can you find some of your your uh, material? I know you're on Amazon. I know you're. Yeah, they're all on YouTube as yep. well for free so you can just go on the mountain beast mysteries youtube page and everything's on there so that's yeah. the easiest way yeah i know that's the amazing thing see and, and you can always tell you're putting that stuff out there just here you go everybody watch have a good time yeah that's and awesome. I, I think yeah. it's also available on amazon prime if i'm not mistaken that's oh, yeah. probably where i watched it yeah 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 just don't get mad if i put ads on my stuff yeah, <laughs> free, but <laughs> so, somebody's got to pay the ticket. <laughs> right, there you go. And uh, a couple of more folks we want to say hi to as well. We got George that came in. George, yeah, evening, George. Uh, Mister oh, I... Mister Bachochin is in. Yeah, CJ, we found Jay again. Welcome, Jay. Jay. We got uh, Michael from over there on Twitter. Hey, hello, Michael. Welcome, B. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, B. And we already had one comment that uh, from Bob saying he's been following Justin for a couple of years, and I'm jealous mm -hmm. of his beard. Mine's snow white now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, my just for men is kind. Of, I trim my beard, and my just for men kind of disappeared. So I'm gonna have to try to work on mine again. I don't know. Well, see, you guys are all using the wrong product. You, I got to use just for Sasquatch. Ah, well, that's that it. That stuff stays on forever. <laughs> but anyway, um. So, so let's see. Let's get into it. Tell me about your first time you went out in search of Bigfoot. What was that like? Disaster? Not disaster? <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, the the first time I went out to like look for stuff was the time where I went out to that lake in that first mm -hmm. documentary where my dad was. So I didn't know really what I was doing. I didn't really know how to make a film, like what kind of shots to get. I just went out there and was winging it completely. Good for you. And just knowing in the back of my mind that this is a spot where these like really strange things had happened, it, I don't know, it had a really creepy effect on me, I guess. And uh, I drove up to the lake, I remember, and it's in the middle of nowhere, like up this logging road in the middle of the mountains. And uh, the first, I had actually driven up there two times. And the first time I tried to get up there, there was like, it was like the tail end of a tropical storm blowing through. Mm -hmm. And I remember like a lightning bolt came down probably within like 20 yards of my vehicle. And I was like, okay, this is, this is not going to work. <laughs> so I ended up, le I ended up driving back to the nearest town and I spent like one or two nights there. And then I, I, made, a I, I made a second attempt and uh, then I was able to stay out there for longer. So, yeah. yeah. And the whole time I was just freaked out. Cause it's, it's an eerie looking place. Like it's remote and just, the woods in BC are very like creepy looking. Yeah. So it had, it had that ambiance. Right. And the woods at night definitely take on a different 
different feel than the daytime too. Even worse, they're creepy during the yep. day. And uh, just want to say, Mick Sensors apologizes. He's been <laughs> imbib imbibbing on some celebratory libations today. <laughs> I'll try to keep it clean, but I don't mean I'm not naked. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you know, that that's the beautiful thing about our podcast is I, I I can be naked from the waist down. Nobody would ever know. Yeah. yeah. Never know. <laughs> but I, I don't want to stick to my chair, so I'm not. <laughs> anyway. Well, um, yeah, I wanted to ask Justin, did you stay out there by yourself? At the the lake area when you were making this documentary, yeah, I was alone that whole trip. So, oh, like that would yeah. be kind of creepy, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was creep. It was creepy, and also like I had driven from Alberta like over two thousand kilometers. Right, I think it was just over two thousand kilometers in like a beater like nineteen ninety four Nissan Pathfinder <laughs> that was falling apart. And so, like I was, it almost never made the journey. Like it was making weird noises, really weird noises when I got to that lake. So that was on my mind. And then like I had set up my tent to sleep in the tent, but then I just said, screw it. And I ended up sleeping in the vehicle the whole time, imagining what it'd be like if something was like peering in the windows, looking at right. me while yeah. I was sleeping. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not one that's a stranger to driving older vehicles and I'm fine with that, you know, but you know, I always had this thing, and I'm going to ask you, maybe it hits you that way. When you ever get off somewhere real far away from home like that, and you're in the middle of nowhere, and you turn the engine off, do you ever think about, uh, oh, God, I hope this thing starts? when I? <laughs> well, there was one time where I drove out to this location with one of my good friends, and we were I made a video of the trip, and it was just like a day trip out to check out uh, a trail camera. Right, right. Um, but the last time we started the vehicle out in the bush was like the last time that vehicle was able to go. Like we oh. ended up driving back to civilization without it failing, but we stopped at a gas station and turned it off. And when we went to turn it back on again, <laughs> like oh, nothing wow. happened. So, oh, yeah. lucky. It was a very close call. <laughs> yeah. Lucky. Good deal. man. <laughs> Glad yeah. you made it. Yeah. Lucky. And there was no service out where we were either. So. No, yeah. no, nothing sucks more than you're driving down a highway and all of a sudden, Hey, my, 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 my driver's side front is on fire. <laughs> that did happen. Break fire. Woo. Yeah. <clears throat> what oh, the hell? No. Yeah, there's some fun times, but anyway, I just want to, uh, um, <clears throat> throw these out here. Uh, low rider. Justin makes great videos. Um, thank you. And Timmy Boy uh, seventy three, welcome to uh, Squatch DTV. Uh, I've never seen a more honest researcher than Justin. Everything's not Sasquatch, and that's exactly why yeah. I like this man's work so much. So, and uh, Low Rider also is very happy to see him on on the channel tonight. So happy to uh, be as, here. as I am I. And uh, I remember you know watching your, your 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 earlier stuff when we had you on. Like, it was probably two or three years ago. We had you on the radio show. Yeah. And you were you were starting your stuff up and we were like, you know, maybe you were out with like three or four of them and I was like, Wow, this stuff's really good. I gotta get this guy on. I mean, he just that that, that that's what we enjoy is, is you know, yeah. the ground based stuff. And that's that's why I love having you on, man. That's why I was like, I gotta get you back on. I gotta get you back on this T V <laughs> format because um <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Mick, <laughs> just read Mick's comment. We can't say, I, I don't know if I should say that on the air yet or not. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, Mick. Oh, oh Mick. Mick. Um, that's too funny. But um, it, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I now I got that picture in my head. Anyway, <laughs> um, so let's uh, <laughs> YouTuber Reddit, Michael, his comment. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that was in reply to uh, uh, Mick's comment. I think, but. Anyway, Justin, I wanted to ask you, I mean, since you've been like camping in the woods and stuff and listen, have you ever heard any noises that you really couldn't explain or that would really struck you as, you know, this is something I should be interested in or? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> uh, there's, there was one incident that happened actually before um, I had ever put anything out on the internet. Mm -hmm. Um I think I was about halfway into finishing that first movie, the wild man documentary. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was out hiking to a place called hidden Lake. And if you watch like my last YouTube video and then the supernatural Sasquatch part two, um, it's at the end of that trail that I'm on in those videos. Um, and I was there with my stepdad and we were there for like two nights, I think just like a weekend trip. Yeah. Um, there was a wildfire burning that like, pretty close by so there was nobody else in the area we actually weren't supposed to be there but we risked it anyways um so we we knew there was no people there and on the second night of that camping trip this is like that lake is like 14 kilometers off the highway like it's a pretty substantial hike mm -hmm. um i think it was maybe two or three in the morning i'm lying there in my tent and i wake up to the sound of something walking probably about 20 feet in front of the tent walking by sounded big, sounded heavy, sounded like two feet. Of course I'm working on this Bigfoot project. So I'm probably like imagining that in my mind that it's mm. a Bigfoot, right. but I hear these footsteps. I hear like three or four of them. And then I hear this really deep, like grunting noise. And I'm like, Holy crap. Like this could be like a Bigfoot or it could be a bear. I was obviously thinking like it's probably a bear, but I don't know. It walked by and it just kind of faded off into the distance and I fell back asleep. I was like out of it. That's the thing. Like I, I might've been like half asleep too, but uh, in the morning, none of our gear, like we made a bear hang with all our food and none of it wasn't disturbed in any way. And our, our backpacks weren't disturbed. So it's kind of strange. I feel like if it was a bear, I mean, we would have been able to tell. Hmm. Yeah, you you think it might have would have because you were being quiet about it. You think it might have hung out a little bit more too. Yeah, but um, but uh, let's see. We do have a question. Um, uh, hey Justin, have you gone back to that house you think had horses? I really liked that investigation. I had went out there probably like three months or so after I filmed that uh incident and it was mainly to just retrieve my trail cameras but things had gone quiet and uh nothing really has been happening so unfortunately i don't know if it was just like a one-time deal they, yeah. they were just passing through if that's what it indeed was yeah. you know like a bigfoot but 
And uh, Timmy Boy just uh, made a comment and says, been here a while, really like the way you all analyze and expose, expose hoaxes, keep the co- content coming, and get me a peach snapple. You can tell he's been around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome, Timmy. Glad to see you're commenting. Please don't be afraid to. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely any questions, throw them up there. We'll try to get all of them on as we can. Um, yeah, and, you know, that's another thing I like about you is that, like you said, not everything's a Bigfoot. Hey, I, I got nothing on this trail camera. That's what you get most of the time. And, oh, yeah. uh, you know, that's that's the, the, the beauty of your things. Or, or they're authentic. You know, uh, you know, if they're right conclusions, wrong conclusions, who knows conclusions, at least you're being honest about it. And that's what I love. And um, yeah, like if nothing happens, if I'm out there making a project and filming stuff, if nothing happens, I'm still, still happy to like be able to put together a beautiful, like nature film or something. It's still worth it to me. Yep. And what what I did was I I have some of that nature filming in that, that clip we're going to show in a little bit. And we'll get more into that documentary and that part of it, because I want to discuss that. Um, but yeah, there's some, some part, you're great interviewing you. Uh, I didn't get his name cause I was really in a rush today trying to get that clipped. Uh, but you were interviewing a gentleman with a mustache kind of wearing a camo shirt. Um, he, he was going over some stuff like, you know, so I got some of your interview stuff, some of your, your beautiful outdoor shots you're using a drone too, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, jealous. <laughs> I, I want to get a drone. Yeah. That, 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 <coughs> um, so OT is in the house too. Welcome OT. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so let's, let's talk about uh, a couple of your latest uh, yeah, things. And I, I believe the, the uh, paranormal Sasquatch uh, episode two or supernatural, yeah, supernatural, supernatural Sasquatch. Yeah. Episode two. That's your latest one, correct? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool beans. So let's, let's start talking about, uh, Everybody in the peach snapple comments. Um, yeah, there, there, there's a gimmick uh, commercial I made up, kind of a spoof commercial I made up, Justin, that I play once in a while. Maybe we'll play it tonight because everybody's kind of asking for it. And it has some. Yeah, very... I, I, need, I need to see this. All right. Yeah. So, so let's just get out. Of the, let's just get this out of the way and show the. Want to show the commercial? Because everybody. Let's, let's do it. Let's, let's do, it. do it. Let's do it. Okay. Everybody's clamoring for the commercial. I'm going to mute everybody. We'll. Bigfooters thirsty out there, well, I suggest to get a delicious, refreshing Snapple. Yes, even the most famous Bigfoot rush to the store to get themselves their favorite beverage, a delicious peach Snapple. No need to be cranky when you can just ask your loved one for a delicious beverage. Got it? No, give me a Snapple. And don't be in such a hurry, there's plenty at the store. Get me a diet peach snapple. Try delicious peach snapple. No, get me a snapple. Yep. Oh, I I love that. That's the Snapple commercial. Is that the Tom, Bis- <laughs> Tom Biscardi or whatever his name is? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, that, and that, uh, that movie was a boon to us. I, I don't care what anybody said. And, and that was none other than Rick Dyer who went face forward uh, towards the campfire thing there. Um, bless his heart. <laughs> 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 you know, uh, the classic. <laughs> yeah. I saw something on a movie one time. And I can't remember what it was, but it says, I can't understand nine times out of 10. When you do something really great, there's nobody else there around to see it. But when you really screw up big time, the world is watching. The world is watching. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, God, Nick is still at it. <laughs> Justin, did they prepare you for us? We seem unruly, <laughs> but actually we're a good bunch, even though clothing is optional. And the YouTubers are just dominating tonight. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah, you guys on YouTube, we, we want to remind you, please, you know, if, if you hadn't already, you know, hit the subscribe link. I know it's a lot of you guys already have, but subscribe, we appreciate it. like, and yep. share. Yep, appreciate it. Thank appreciate you. It. But, uh, okay, so now we got the, the Snapple business out of our, our system. <laughs> um, and, I, and I'm drinking Pepsi tonight, so. Oh. There are nights, though, I will have a Diet Peach Snapple here, which is kind of funny. <laughs> Just because. Um because usually I'll send Sherry out, you know, usually just prior to the show, like an hour or so before she'll, I'm going to go down to the store, you want anything. And then one day she came home, she had a Diet Peach and Apple. Here you go. <laughs> you know, so. I, I've never been a fan of Snapple. I've tried it. But, you know, I, I was raised, uh, you know, I'm a country boy. And I was raised drinking either Lipton iced tea or, in my case, it was probably great value uh, brewed tea, you know, that was iced tea. And, uh, you know, that's what I grew up with. So Only 87 start... grams of sugar per serving. Yeah, yeah, only, yeah. And uh, when you grow up drinking, like, uh, you know, regular tea, it's like, you know, you, you don't want to add any flavors to it and stuff. Kind of throws it off, you know. What's the point of drinking tea? Yeah, it's good. Okay, so back back oh, to the Bigfoot. Right. Back to the okay, Bigfoot. Yep, yep, yep. Back to the Bigfoot. Don't want to lose our audience here, Chris. Uh, all right, guys. Um, even though we're having kind of a good chuckle tonight, which I think is sorely needed, but, um, so the supernatural Sasquatch, what, what got, what got you started down that route? And, you know, we'll ask for your, your, your opinions after the clip and after everything else. Well, it just seems like within the last three years, and I'm sure it's been like going on for quite a bit longer than that. It just seems like there's been a huge increase in popularity on those theories and ideas, which I mean, a lot of weird cases have come up where things are really hard to explain, can't necessarily be, be explained by like entirely by the flesh and blood theory. So I don't know, it's easy to cover all your bases with a paranormal theory. So right. I don't know. I think that's why a lot of people are looking into it. I'm very open-minded and uh, I'm, willing to explore all the theories because you know i'm just looking at it objectively and yeah i don't I know just, anything about anything like i'm just yeah i'm looking for bigfoot whatever it is is what it is just as was us he's like i don't want to start an argument here <laughs> no no, <it's, laughs> no no not really you know and i i am never for selling people they can't believe what they want and um I think um, I have a lot of scientific kind of explanations for a lot of the stuff. So uh, we will get into that after, you know, the clip. So um, 
so you started down this road doing this documentary, and I, I, you know, I, I caught some bits and pieces of some of the the, the strange, uh, the high strangeness, as I like to call it, because. You know, as I've told people, if they don't know and your first time watching, I, I also am a paranormal investigator, too. I run my own uh, paranormal group uh, and, you know, we, we do ghost stuff and I've recorded EVPs, seen stuff, been touched by stuff, all that stuff. Um, I'm also a demonologist, too. People don't know that. But, um, uh, I, you know, so I, I know that there's stuff out there that we can't necessarily explain by normal science. Um, I found that this creature though, for the most part can be, but we will get more into that as, you know, I, I, you know, what was the most interesting, uh, without giving too much, what was the most interesting case in this high strangeness stuff that you, that you heard about? Like personally? Yeah. Yeah. Or one of your interviews or not, not, or maybe something you encountered or, or or whatever. Uh, Well, the, the taxidermist that I interview in uh, the part two of the supernatural Sasquatch, he talks about a guy having like elements of his memory being erased. I don't know if this is from like a zapping type incident or whatnot, but right. that seems very bizarre to me. Also pretty much every case you hear of mind speak is like, what is that? And how does it actually sound? <laughs> That's what I've yeah, always yeah. wondered. Like, People say it sounds like a voice. Some people say it's like a strong thought. I'm like, well, then it's probably not mind speak. But... Right. Where? Well, you're right. You're probably right. So <laughs> let, let me just go show that clip because that clip I picked, uh, I got a three minute, 29 second clip. And it talks about the footprints. Uh, it's that section where it's talk, you're talking about the, the, the feet walking past your tent. And then you go into the interview with the taxidermist talking about the, the, the time loss thing. So I, I, yeah. picked a go- I picked a good one. <laughs> yeah, nailed it. Good, good place to clip. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, hey, okay, this is good. This is good for the clip. So, okay, so we'll get that loaded. Hang on one second, folks. Nordegg has always been one of the best areas to go exploring and investigating the Sasquatch topic. It has a very rich history in sightings and reports, one of the most famous being the 1962 Bighorn Dam incident, where while constructing the Bighorn Dam, workers spotted multiple Bigfoot-like creatures, observing them as they worked. One of the creatures was reported to be over 15 feet tall. The Nordic area is also well known for its First Nations history. There's some areas where you'll find Sundance Lodges or Sweat Lodges, and the First Nations people still go to these areas to perform ceremonies every year. It's a very beautiful place and it's a very spiritual place, and I think that it's the perfect place to be investigating the supernatural Sasquatch. I feel very lucky to be able to visit this area 
essentially whenever I want. I'm close enough that I could take a day trip out to these spots and investigate on a regular basis. This area I'm visiting is not too far away from an area where I had a very strange experience back in 2015, where while sleeping in my tent I had randomly woke up in the middle of the night and heard something walking past, something that sounded like it was on two feet. This is one of the very few experiences I've had that could be attributed to the Sasquatch. I'm hoping on this trip that I experience something similar. I think that you need to step back and say, okay, what is in within the realm of possibility first? Okay. Now, if I ever saw one go into thin air, then I would say, yeah, they can do it. I have talked to people who said they've seen that. And uh, one of the guys who said he realized he got disorientated and he said it appeared, it disappeared, it appeared. And he realized, he said, that snippets of his memory were being erased. Now, I believe that wholeheartedly, and I'll tell you why, is because I saw it happen. I had a hunter in the tent and there was something outside the tent mumbling. And from what I've been told later, what Sasquatch do, and I heard it walking. And this gentleman went outside for a pee and he screamed the most horrifying scream like he saw the devil. And he passed out, we brought him in the tent, he had no memory, to this day has no memory of, of even getting up. And then he went into the deepest sleep I've ever seen instantly. He had no memory of what happened. So when I heard this story about this hunter who was facing three different Sasquatches, a male, a young one, and a female. When the male showed up, he said it started to disappear and then reappear around him. And he says he understood that snippets of his memory were being erased. So there's that. I have heard. Okay, so there we go. We're all back up. Wow. Erasing memory. Well, um, we've talked about that before, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, what's, uh, you know, what, what's your take on it, Justin? Have you thought about that long and hard? What could make that happen? Aliens. Aliens. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have no idea. That's like the funny thing is with all this stuff, you can easily answer everything by just saying, I don't know, because yep. you know, you don't I, really know, but, I, but it seems to be something attributed to like that, what people call zapping. Right. And well, you know, well, I, and I, I tend to agree uh, or infrasound is the, the, the yeah. actual, um, uh, we're going to get mixed, uh, comments, um, you know, that, that says most supernatural Sasquatch encounters can be explained by biochemical reactions in the human brain, such as pheromones or human emotions, most likely fear, can cause audiovisual effects. True. Um, and something to Sasquatch about just showed up. Hello, hello, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. <laughs> <coughs> uh, yeah, did, I'm thinking... Uh, as did Frank. Frank hey, Frank. <laughs> welcome, Frank. Uh, um, yeah, I'm thinking there's probably two things going on there that's possible that could cause memory lapses there. That would be one would be a maybe a possible hit by infrasound. Yep, absolutely. Uh, and a, a second one would be a traumatic experience. Uh, you know, that one guy reported that the guy went outside the tent and screamed like he saw the devil. Uh, 
apparently that was very a very traumatic experience for him. So there, uh, there's something there's something known uh, that that causes the mind. That's why a lot of accident victims don't remember that they, they wake up from comas and they wake up from, you know, even if they're out for a, a period of a few hours, right. they wake up not remembering the the hit or they don't yes. remember that that it's the way the it's a um, it's a body reaction. It's the mind's reaction to protect itself. Um, uh, for, uh, you know, it's, it's the way it, it you know, protects itself. Like, it, like a, a, a child who's been abused that forgets that years later starts to remember these things because now the, the, the body is realizing it can release some of those thoughts. Um, and, and just the reaction of the one guy that walked up and doesn't walked out and doesn't remember anything, the scream, the, the, uh, the blood curling scream to me mm. suggests that, the reason why he didn't remember everything, not because his memory was taken, but because his mind is protecting him from what he saw. Because the the Sasquatch is not in this guy's register, and he walks out, and all of a sudden, boom! And his mind goes into this fear reaction. My guess is that, that it was a probably a very close encounter, more in close than any of us would want to get necessarily, and that most likely a good cause for what had happened. Um, which to me, if it, was an, if, if it was an actual thing that they like do to people, I feel like there'd be a lot more like accounts of that. Right. You don't hear about that very often. Yeah. Um, uh, yep. Jan Allen said that he had something like that happen to him. Uh, the, the same thing with the time loss things. And, and I, I think a lot of the blinking out is people losing time because their you know, their mind is trying to, react to what they're seeing and it's, it's having a hard time acknowledging um i remember my my first bigfoot encounter i you know it i think it lasted like 40 seconds i say it lasted 40 seconds could it have lasted 10 seconds 20 seconds 25 seconds it may have um but you you do you lose that whole perspective and uh so um uh, you know, uh, and the, the guy who, you know, how's he saying he kept losing time in different spots? You know, it, like, like I said, it's just uh, one of those things. Now, infrasound is interesting uh, because uh, Chris and I both believe we were hit with something like that. And it started with a vibration in our ears mm-hmm. and yep. the, the immediate feeling in them, you know, and maybe people interpret it as mind speak, but the immediate fear, the immediate reaction afterward was oh i'm creeped out i mm. feel like and i'm going like this to my ear like oh what's you know my ears bothering me what the heck yeah. and I, i'm feeling like i'm being watched and i feel like uh, maybe i shouldn't be here um and that's only happened uh, the fluttering only happened once the, uh, the the feeling in my ear but that's happened to me twice in a very similar location um so yeah it's uh and it just comes on like that now, could some people be explaining that as mind speak? Uh, you know, and like you said, is it a thought or is it really mind speak? And you know, when you said it comes across as a thought, well, that's a thought. I think that's how it is. And sometimes people have these voices in their head that talk to themselves. You know, like, yeah. you got to get out of here. Okay. Definitely possible. Yeah. A lot of people also just want this yeah. stuff to be real no matter yeah. what. And, yeah. And that's it's a exciting, good point, so. too. Yeah, and that's... <laughs> That's a good point, too. Um, well, I got a question for Justin. When you've been out in these areas before, 
Have you ever had a, like a, a an experience where you felt un, a little discomfort in your ears, either left or right, like a flutter, like something, insect or something by your ear? No. The only thing I've had, and I don't think it has anything to do with Bigfoot, is like a mm-hmm. almost like a high-pitched humming kind of sound in my ear. Mm-hmm. Right. Like a ring, like a ringing kind of, but that's it. But I, I've had that in like uh, indoors before, so I don't think it's anything like that. Okay. Um, and as far as like weird feelings go, just normal fear when you're out alone in the middle of nowhere, you do feel high levels of fear. So I feel like some people might call that like infrasound or being zapped when they just get, mm-hmm. they feel that terror, you know, they right. might explain it as that. Right. So, you know, do you think you've talked to people before that just want to have a Sasquatch experience or perhaps? I, I don't know for sure, but I'm, I probably have. Hang <laughs> <laughs> on a second. We're having a little issue with the computer right now. That's not what I wanted to do. Where is it? Okay. Now this thing is being a little bit of a pain in my heart. Well, that's a good picture to leave on there. I like that. Yeah, we can leave <laughs> Um, yeah, That's beautiful. Um, Have you got one of those drones where you can like see the screen while you're flying it? Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's okay. I shot this on the Mavic Mini. It's like the latest tiny little one that you don't need a license for. So <laughs> That's right. That's right. In some places in, in Canada, do you, you need a license to fly a drone? Oh, the bigger size ones. Yeah, if it's over 250 grams then you need a license for it. And this one's like 249 grams. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So the big phantom ones with the four blades, those big ones, probably you would have to now, um, with now, geez, I don't to Now I'm going to ask. So, so what, I mean, is it difficult to get a license or is it, I mean, do you... I mean, probably not. I just don't want to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I was just wondering, yeah. you got to take a test yeah. or anything like that. Cause I yeah, you something. gotta you gotta study a big book and take a test for sure. Really? But yeah. Wow. And Damn. it's all like it's a, it's all like airplane stuff too. It's not just like drone stuff. It's wow. like, it's crazy. That that is because like yeah. in in New York, only certain counties you have to just register your drone. You don't have to actually license your drone. You just go in there and say, "I need to register my drone." Okay, what's the make and model? And that's because if you drop one in somebody's yard and you're snooping on them, they want to know. Or if you yeah. you get in the airplane space, guess who's going to get in trouble? So that that's pretty, uh, wow. Well, it's, it's nice to know if you're ever in a 747 or something and the pilot kicks over, you know, it's, it's okay. We can get Justin to land it because he's got his drone's license. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we, uh, no. we, we were talking about... Um, Infrasound yeah, earlier. Mm. Infrasound earlier. And Mick said, I get the same symptoms when my wife finds my secret beer stash. <laughs> <laughs> Chemical oh. reaction. Okay. Mm. <clears throat> oh, and and uh, ATL Clutch, thank you. I guess that short's for Atlanta Clutch. I could be wrong. But welcome. Uh, good to see you commenting here tonight. Welcome aboard. Uh, you need a certification FAA if you're commercializing your footage. It's interesting. Huh. I did not know that. Wow. Can you put a gun on one? <laughs> Chris, 
Yeah. Cryptoville, yeah. those Kentucky yeah, ideas. <laughs> those Kentucky ideas. Here we go, man. Deer season. Look out, deer. <laughs> Coming at you. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess uh, Mick says the, the laws for flying certain drones in Canada are, are tough as getting a helicopter's pilot license. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that seems uh, rather uh, strenuous there for a drone. You know, I mean, it's not like uh, you have people's lives and people's lives in your hands or anything. I'm, well, yeah, I guess you could. You don't want somebody crashing into people and stuff. Yeah, just stick to the one under two hundred and fifty grams. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. That's that's the way to go. <laughs> and of course, I would expect no less from a response from Kentucky as this one. Chris, it's illegal to do that if they see it. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I mean, then that that gets very interesting because I I know a lot of folks flying drones and putting them in videos, and I'm sure they don't have you know licensing and stuff like that, and a lot of their stuff like in New York. I don't know. They just said you got to register your drone, and you know if you don't, you know who's gonna. Yeah, I mean, here here's the strange fact. I, okay, I I live in Saratoga County. I travel to Warren County. What do I do with my drone? Can I fly it? Can I not? See, in New York, you can, but mm. it's just it's just really that's really weird. Um, well, whatever it takes, because this footage that Justin's got on this video is beautiful. I mean, oh, that's, it's, look it's, look at that. That's beautiful. I mean, yeah. It is my favorite shot. <laughs> yeah, it's good. You, I mean, good that, job, that Justin. That is, um, you know, and and you know, how good are they at trying to find a Bigfoot? Though that'd be kind of cool. I mean, they do make the commercial versions of some of the Phantoms with the thermal. The yeah, thermal yeah, for a mere price of you know five. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, let, me, let me just shovel that right out. <laughs> Well, you know, a, a, a drone uh, would probably be better idea than a balloon. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a subtle dig there, Mr. Bennett. Yeah. Well, a, not so subtle dig. The Bigfoot blimp, or whatever it was. Uh, Wasn't that called the Hindenburg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think they were about the, about the same. Uh, they ended up about the same. They both crashed and burned. Yeah, yeah they did. Um, so, uh, so, you know, without, you know, giving too much away of, of, um, the documentary, um, I, you, you did go out on stuff. Did you expect, and you don't have to describe it because I want people to see your video, but did you have any, any, any strange ha happenings while you were out during this? Uh, not really while I was filming this one, but I did go out recently to the same area a few weeks ago. It's in my latest video. Okay. Um, and I found something that looks like a track, like it's quite long and it, it's the typical Bigfoot track shape. Right. And, uh, after that I heard what sounded like a really loud rock clack at the Creek that I was walking along. That was probably like 45 minutes after I found the track. And then late at night, probably at like, it was between four o'clock and four twenty in the morning. I saw a weird light in the sky kind of fly over where my camp was probably completely unrelated. Obviously, actually I had a guy message me today saying that he did some looking around at where like the international space station would be. And he said that apparently like at that time 
of day, it would have been flying over the Nordic area. But I mean, when I uploaded the video too, is not when, you know, I recorded it. Uh, was <laughs> so it, was it just traveling in a straight line or was it making any? Yeah, movement? but no, it was traveling in a straight line. It was just a white light, dead quiet. Does, does sound and, like uh, a satellite. It, does sound like a satellite. Yeah, but it was really low. It wasn't as high up as a satellite or anything else. Gotcha. Like it was in, I would say it would be lower than like a commercial plane. Okay. So it's hard to tell in the video, but it's something where you had to have been there. The size of a quarter, size of a dime by the naked eye or not that big. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I've, I've been out here in my own backyard and seen a satellite juke over once. I was like, Oh, look, a satellite. And you can always tell, oh, you know, to me, uh, I've seen the, the International Space Station. That thing is pretty bright. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, with, uh, hey, and, and while we're at it, we didn't throw out our congratulations to the SpaceX team this week. Yeah. Awesome work, guys. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys caught that, but I woke up yesterday morning. I got to watch this. Mm. And um, so I, I had set my computers up on uh, my computers because I have three screens. I had all three screens on different shots. I had mm. one of the, the, the mission control because I was piping in the live feeds via YouTube and I watched it go up. And it was really yeah. cool. I was sitting there going. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was cool. Um, it was good to see us back in, uh, back in orbit. Well, that's the thing. I'm kind of glad that the United States is back in the space business rather than paying uh, Russia millions of dollars to hitch a ride. You know, okay. It's kind of like you know paying your buddy to... Uh, ride with him to work instead of having your own vehicle (laughs) and your buddy charging 150 dollars a day (laughs) yeah well they're charging more than 179 million per astronaut yeah Yeah. that's a big business um but you know you know what i think is the coolest thing and i don't know if you've seen this yet justin but the boosters on those rockets they fly back and they land Mm. All done by GPS. And, yeah, that's uh, crazy. And a couple of years ago, they did uh, Falcon Heavy. And Falcon Heavy put a, a cargo load on the no- nozzle. It was different. And they put three boosters on it. This one, they only had the, the one rocket. They only needed the one because it was a lighter. But they, they, they threw, when, when they tested it, that's when they put the Tesla in space with the space guy driving on it. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. saw that. But it was kind of cool. Yeah, I did. With a don't panic on the dashboard. And yeah. all three of those boosters came off, and the the first two that came off landed back at NASA, back at Cape Kennedy. Uh-huh. I came down, and they come down at supersonic speeds too, like they break the sound barriers. They they do a burn as they re-entry, so they don't burn up. So it causes them to come into the atmosphere very slowly, so they don't burn. Then once they're through the atmosphere, the, the they shut off for a little bit, and then they let them fly. And they come down like two arrows. And then all of a sudden they, they get to a certain spot and they light up again with just one thruster and it slows them down to where they just go boop. And that's it. They're done. They shut down and, and they're done. Wow. And uh, the cool thing is like they see them and then you just can hear with a sonic boom and then they land. And then the third one on the Falcon Heavy landed on their drone ship. 
So it landed out at sea on the ship. Well, this one, they landed the, they missed the, uh, the actual landing because they lost the feed as the ship was just, as the rocket was coming in. And I bet you it was the sonic boom that probably knocked the video out for a second. And, you know, because when the oh, video lost and then when the video came back, it was sitting there still smoking a little bit. And uh, it's the coolest, coolest things. I just can't get over how funny the spacesuits look, though. They look like crappy Halloween costumes. <laughs> they, they, what do they look like? They look like Speed Racer costumes. Remember Speed Racer? Yeah. You're probably too young. Chris does. No, seen... Oh, oh yeah. Go, go, they Speed Racer. Like, yeah, yeah. They look like Speed yeah. Racer uniforms. You know what that? Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but they, but they sure look a lot more comfortable than the bulky. Oh yeah. So and the other thing is the 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 launch from the capsule, um, that looks like a smooth ride going up, and it's amazing. Uh, somebody sent me a shot of what the the space the, the space shuttle's control panels look like. They have buttons everywhere, <laughs> and right. And then you see this thing. They have like three big touch screens and buttons, and they have yeah, they're running buttons. it on iPads, dude. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> And, and then if they have any problems on board, they can remotely move it. It's just, uh, and that's what they said, yeah. that, that once they got into position with the, the International Space Station, they hit a button and it just autopilots itself right in. So. Wild. Uh-oh. The, uh, the $50 question oh, came in. I knew. I knew it was coming. And, and, I knew. Yeah. And, and, and Justin, you can answer that or not, but if you look in your <laughs> private chat you may see a question uh just above ot the uh, next to last question there if you want to go answer that or you want to stay out of that i completely understand i mean yeah i don't like to talk about people so yeah, we won't, we won't. <laughs> not yet <laughs> not yet <laughs> i mean there there might be a day that comes along in the next little while but yep there may be a day we go there, but may, probably not today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little time. Uh, and and trust me, when sorry when we go there, we'll be all. And uh, Mick had a good comment there for Justin, uh, Steve. Uh, it's up about I don't know up to the top of the page now, from where we're at. Mick oh. says, uh, "Yeah." There you go. Says uh, Justin, I saw one of your videos and you went to a lake area, which is difficult to get to. That was interesting, but I don't think the stick structure there are Sasquatch related. Uh, I wonder uh, if he's referring to the Wildman film where I'm at that lake on Vancouver uh, Island. Right. I did find like a weird stick thing in a tree, but could have been anything. And that was literally like my first day out there, so I didn't yeah. know what I was looking at. <laughs> yeah, and that happens, you know. Yeah. I. Uh, well, what are, what are your opinions on uh, stick structures, Justin? Do you think that uh, some of them may be man-made and some of them may actually have uh, a little validity to them, or what? Um, well, obviously, we can't say that they're made by Sasquatch until it's actually witnessed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right on. It's kind of like the crop. They're like the crop circles of the Bigfoot world. Yeah, I, uh -huh. I know. Everybody... Um, so uh, Mike has asked me, uh, have I been out doing my own research this year? A little bit, a little bit, not yet ready to film, getting very close. Um, the problem is I'm having with my research areas <coughs> is that 
they have been prematurely inundated with people because of COVID-19. That's how people are getting, getting out early. And literally when I went there in mid April, mid April, when the weather broke, okay, got some nice weather coming in, got forties and fifties and sun. I went there and it looked like it was Memorial day weekend. It was so bad. I've never in my life in 20 years of going up there, even on Memorial Day weekend, 4th of July weekend, which I'd gone up there during those times just to enjoy the the air, um, right. not to do research. There was two forest rangers there. And in my days, I've only seen one forest ranger in that park once mm. in the first 13 years I was there. And there now I see two. And there was literally a hundred cars parked along the road as you're getting in. And wow. then as you're going down the hill, the camp I usually use has about eight cars in front of it. I go down to the lower camps and they have about 20 cars there. And there's people walking up and down the trails. And I was like, there ain't nothing I can do here. Yeah. Um, and it's that time of year where um, the, the other area, research area two I go to, that does not normally dry out safely until about June. So we're right about the area where I can start getting back into getting into research area two. I'll take a peek at research area one, but I'm, I don't have high expectations. Uh, I may have to wait till the fall to get to that area. But um, as far as that's concerned, um, yeah, we're going to start on research area two probably sometime this month. And I'm also going to be doing very shortly a video, a virtual tour of historical Bigfoot, uh, Whitehall Bigfoot sightings um, real soon as well. So I'm going to be doing some shooting for that for the channel. Um, other than that, uh, nobody has really reported much since, despite all this activity. And I think that's because and you got to understand that, you know, especially in Research One, this is the time I believe they come back from the Green Mountain is in April, and now the the woods is being inundated with people, uh, and they push them to another area. So I'm really got my ear to the ground, trying to wait for the next sighting to see where they're they're originating from. So that's that's how I roll. I don't just roll to an area without a little history and recent history. I can go to some historical stuff, but uh, unless there's some really recent things that have been going on. And I, I had a video where I talk about, uh, a couple of videos I've done talking about um, Vermont, uh, you know, the FLIR picture and stuff like that. Well, there had been some stuff going on there that really I'm not at liberty to talk about because I don't have the, the clearances from the witnesses to talk about that. But there had been some recent stuff, too, that was going on down there, some track discoveries and stuff like that. So... Uh, you know, I, I went down there and obviously we got the FLIR in, in 2013 and in the following year. So I try to go in spots that have historically been good in sightings, but where there's some recent stuff going on because then I know it's heating up again. Because you can go to a hot spot, but if it isn't hot at the time, it's kind of uh, wasting your time. And, and I always believe that, you know, you know my, and my first five years as a Sasquatch researcher, as anybody should, you should be burning a lot of miles and looking at stuff and getting your, your boots on the ground and learning. Um, once you get to that salty, when you become an old fart like myself. <laughs> then, then, <laughs> and, and Chris, Chris is where you, that's when you start to say, okay, I'm going to move a little slowly and a little more smartly. Um, 
because if something happens, then I'm going to roll and we're going to hit it hard. Um, but I still have my little blinds and my little areas that I go to. That I, I check out once in a while just to say, okay, anything going on? Nope, doesn't look like it. Off to the next one. Yeah. Oh. So uh, Mick also said, not a dig, Justin. We still love you, typically speaking, just saying that much. <laughs> so, so, sorry to get off on a, and a tangent on that one, but I, you know, somebody asked. Well, uh, Justin, do you have an area that you specifically go to, or are you just mainly looking for, like, historical sighting areas? Well, pretty much anywhere in this Nordic area, there's been sightings. So, you kind of... I have it split up into a few different spots. One of them being the spot here you see in the picture. I like yeah. this spot a lot. I'm going to spend a lot of time here this summer. Nice. Um, but also the spot I was in last summer where I'm going to be shooting uh, the Quest for the Wild Man series that I want to do. That big, vast valley that's like tucked away in there. Nobody, like, nobody goes there, really. It's super remote, and there's been sightings, like visual sightings of them all along like the creek. To, to where you get to that spot so nice. obviously all the spots I, I like are places where there have been weird things that have happened right. and also like the tree the tree structure spot like the famous spot where les stroud was okay. with mr standing uh -huh. hey, um and uh not not to cut him but my buddy peter weimer is in and uh you know i've been meaning to call him back but uh if that event is still on i will go with you <laughs> just answer that question if he's on there so um i'm sorry uh, i have a question though what what kind of 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 wildlife is in that particular area mm. kind of... Grizz grizzly bears <laughs> okay you got you got the big one grizzly bear elk Ooh. i suppose elk grizzly bears wild horses deer Oops. yeah everything uh, you, you got everything yeah damn it See, in New York, we have areas that have certain things and sometimes not. Thank God we don't have grizzly bear. We, yeah. we, we have the dogs of the, the bear world. We have black bear. And, yeah, uh, we got lots of those, too. Yeah, they're, they're pretty. Oh, <laughs> man. What's that? Grizzly bears and black bears. Man, I am not going to this area. See, see <laughs> black, bear, black bears don't bother me. They're, they're pretty much like, you, you know, get out of here. They generally... Run away. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, and the grizzlies didn't bother that grizzly guy either until the day they did, you know. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I'm going to put you in a rattlesnake infested <laughs> bear area for your first uh, drop off and put you in there overnight uh, by yourself with a camera. Well, uh, you know, rattlesnakes, we'll rattlesnakes and copperheads is something I can deal with, okay? I I've grown up with them. Uh, you know, they're they're just here. We just live with it. But, you know, when you walk out of your house and there's something standing there that's going to eat you, you know, I, I can't stand that. Uh, you, can't, you can't wear a pair of snake boots and get away with a grizzly uh, bear attack. <laughs> well, here, here's the thing. And, Chris, I don't know if you saw the Vermont video i did where we we did the fleer and i was down in the on the i climbed the rocks down the rocks to get to the the bank yeah 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 okay about two miles from there is the number one area in the northeast for concentration of rattlesnakes diamondbacks oh well, lovely and i climbed down all those rocks by myself <laughs> good deal yeah you stick your foot underneath every rock 
I did. Oh man. So um so but I just know. don't I don't like bears, man. I, I really don't, you know, and, and we don't have uh very many bears left in Kentucky, thank goodness. They're most over most of them are left there over in the eastern part. But now there is the odd straggler that comes through here every now and then. So, you know, we still do have bears, but they're not thick. You know, from where Justin is coming from, and he's not only got black bears, but he's got those big brown bears. And uh, them dudes, like, you know, they'll eat a brown, uh, the, the, a brown bear. It looks like they eat a black bear for breakfast. Atlanta, huge. Atlanta, Atlanta Clutch says, boots on the ground doesn't work. Proof of that is lack of proof. And uh, boots on the ground only works if you put your boots in a smart area. Um, you know, I've been blessed. I've gotten some eyeshine pictures. I've got some audio. I've got some casts. I've got some uh, i got a, a, a picture of a thermal i believe is one i've gotten some really good investigations where i've gotten some tracks so boots on the ground does work for some stuff and even though it's not necessarily proof uh i always make that that comment and uh hello to ken ken just popped in good to see you ken welcome um, um one one of the more important things i, I feel you gotta do is is that we we got to stop fooling ourselves we're not scientists so whatever we get is not going to be proof it's going to be evidence and there's a difference between evidence and proof and if you can bring enough corroborative evidence to science then they can turn around and either find proof in it or find the proof to back it up or dismiss it so my job as a researcher should not be to find i'm going to bring the, the proof that Bigfoot exists. You're not going to do it. You're not a scientist. Only a scientist can prove something in this society today. You know, that, that's, the, the, that's the, the bottom line. We as researchers, I believe, uh, Atlanta Clutch, is that uh, our job is to gather evidence and pass that to science. And we need to do that in a very expeditious, cautious, and, and conclusive way. And to do that, you know, you need to use proper forensic collection technique. You need to proper forensic um, storage techniques and uh, chain of evidence, chain of custody logs and stuff like that. Uh, you put those three in together, then you have evidence. Um, you know, and of course, I throw this caveat of your first time listening. Do not put DNA evidence into plastic bags at all. You got to use paper. Uh, plastic retains humidity, destroys DNA rather rapidly. So, okay, paper, plastic, paper. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> and and you know, uh, boots on the ground, no meaningful observation, only great stories. No, nah, not true. Not, not true. true. Uh, yeah, you got to have boots on the ground to collect DNA evidence. Oh, there, there you are. And if you get a good uh, a good shot of DNA evidence, especially. Today, since we have this environmental DNA thing, man, that could do it. Yep. It could very well do it. Yep. Uh, and I and Timmy Boy says better to let them come to you, or just walking or, or just walking around. And I agree, Timmy. Um, but Yolanda, if if we're gonna sit there with no boots on the ground, we're not gonna collect anything. It's kind of like saying, well, I I want to win the lottery and not buying a lottery ticket. <laughs> you know, you, you got to be in it to get it. If you're not, then you're just, 
you're just a standby person. You're just somebody watching. Now, I've never been great, a great one to tell a lot of stories. Um, have I had a couple of stories? Yeah. But the beautiful thing is, is my stories are backed up by other people that were there. And that's important. Evidence, you know, people witness corroboration teaches us. Every time we go out there, we observe something, observe a, a behavior. That should be noted. That should be thought about in thought in context of why this behavior is occurring or how this behavior is occurring. That is how you investigate. So you don't investigate by sitting there and saying, oh, somebody saw something. I'm going to go out and interview them when it's a home range activity and the, uh, the potential of recidivism is not going to happen. But if I get something that sounds a little violent, a little aggressive, like an escort, getting somebody getting screamed and roared at, wait a minute, that's more of a territorial thing. Now I start pinpointing those more aggressive sightings. And guess what happens? Chris, you know what happens. Because mm. I've <laughs> actually put that to the test in your area, too. Mm-hmm. And, and Chris took my, my information, put it on a map, and he went out and had some experience of his own and learned some stuff. Yeah. So at the very least, what you should be doing, everybody thinks that boots on the ground is for the public. Boots on the ground is not for the public normally. It's for me. It's for me to gain my intelligence, my learning. You know, just like Justin. Justin says, oh, I saw some stick structures, but I was kind of new at this. And, yeah, well, you know, that happens. And that's... That's the way you learn is by getting boots on the ground. I mean, right or wrong, guys. I agree. Yep. Boots on the ground is significantly more useful than ass on couch. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. So. Good point. Well, but, you know, and, Justin. And, and, and just so you know, Chris, Mr. Bennett, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, my ass on the couch has been cut down by one day a week now because <laughs> I haven't been that's good. Nine <laughs> weeks. Nine, right now, nine weeks since I worked. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, hang in there. It'll, it'll be over soon. But I, okay. I wanted to ask... Uh, okay, okay go ahead. Get this. Atlantic Lodge says, science will only get interest with a specimen or clear conclusive footage in many minutes, not seconds. I agree. I do Ooh. agree with that. I, I do agree with that. Atlantic Lodge, I agree with you 100 spence. They're, they're going to need a specimen or a a part of a specimen, which technically is a specimen too. If you find a finger, that's a specimen by, by scientific standards. I, I agree. Um, you know, maybe bringing in some DNA may not necessarily prove their existence, but it may cause some more people to take a more seriously look on the scientific side. So, well, and the, the clear, <laughs> conclusive footage will not do it. Not on its own. If you get some footage with DNA sampled came from that came, that came from that creature that you you know videoed, yeah, yeah, yeah. that'd do. Yeah, but uh, I, okay, <laughs> I want I wanted to get back to ask I want to ask Justin. But but about, we have uh, but we have ahead. the greatest audience out there. I mean, they ask some oh yeah questions. So, oh yeah, in yeah. Atlanta, you know, ATL Clutch. Uh, thank you for those questions and comments. I, I mean, that's what makes this show. Uh, what it is because we have that that interactiveness not with I, our guests, but with our yep. our fans too. Yeah, our, our Justin, I love I love these guys. Uh, we got the smartest audience that there is. These guys are sharp, and uh, you know they're a little crazy, but that's okay. We we love we love our audience. But uh, anyway, I want to ask you about your your dad's uh, experience that he had. And I know that that's pretty much what got you started going to the lake and checking things out. Is that right? Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, like uh, I, I was always I was always interested in Bigfoot and stuff like as a kid yeah. too because I was exposed to that by my dad. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that was like the first outing. <laughs> yeah. Well, is your was your dad? Uh, is he completely convinced that there's something going on out there? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. Okay. I think that's just who he is. That's his personality. He's more willing to believe right. things as well. But he did have that experience, and it, like, when he tells the story, I believe, I believe that he thinks that he, yeah, experienced that. I mean, I wasn't there, so. But he said, like, he was facing the direction and saw like one of the rocks fly out of the, out of the bushes, hit like right. a. 25 foot spruce tree like right bent it over and then the rock fell in the water he said he saw it happen yeah, yeah. i don't yeah. know yeah that's that that's kind of what i remembered too from the uh, video it's, it's really good it's it was something other than just rocks falling down the hill because that is yeah. a pretty steep incline there but uh yeah. with the rock shooting out <laughs> you know it, it kind of takes gravity out of it yeah to me you know okay we, we and i mean it's Sorry, oh, I was just gonna say it's, it's Vancouver Island is like one of the number one hot spots in the world. So isn't that whole that, area is full of reports. That's isn't that the area where uh, Osman had his? Well, Osman was taken away on the mainland. Okay, but like not too far away, right? Maybe that was Mullicat so, Harry. I'm trying. I'm trying. It was. Uh, it was a classic. yeah. We, it was some sort were, of uh, point there. Uh, we had, just so you know, we have a ton of questions coming through. <laughs> so um, we'll we'll get to Mike Stetton. Thank you for for commenting, Mike. I don't know if this is the first time you've asked a question or not, but if it is, welcome. And welcome. I'm glad to have you aboard. Generally speaking, you've heard that uh, Bigfoot is more aggressive in the South. Any thoughts on that? Well, you know that everybody says that 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 fine Southern liquor. <laughs> you know that can have an effect there on the Sasquatches, gentlemen. I guess, um, but uh, but no, is there? I don't. I haven't. I haven't heard that they're overly aggressive. Um, you know, other than maybe people wandering on their territories. Um, and generally speaking, um, a little typo there. We could have had a little fun with that one. Genitalia speaking. I mean. Uh, <laughs> Well, you know, that's the thing. I have heard these stories coming out of Alabama and parts of Louisiana yeah. and even, you know, the, the Falk, Arkansas deal. That, that's, that's really close to, well, to... You know, I don't think it was aggressive necessarily or overly aggressive. I think it was just brazen. Trying doors, sticking hands in, in windows. Is that aggressive? I, I don't know if that's aggressive. <clears throat> and Ford actually ran out there. Bobby Ford ran out and ran into one. He didn't necessarily yeah. get pushed by one. Yeah. So, except for it didn't move. <laughs> and whereas with a guy, you have some give. If you run into somebody else, there's usually a give, but there was yeah. no give here. So I, I don't know if, if they necessarily are uh, a little more testy, but maybe the heat, you know, that, that maybe there's an environmental factor. I you don't know, think, I, I don't think it's a, um, or it could be a genetic or a cultural um, thing because um, as I've talked about before, uh, you know, chimpanzees have culture. There are things passed down in certain troops of chimpanzees that other chimpanzees don't know. So that is the definition of culture: is that when you start teaching your pe different pe different troops or tribes of people teach themselves different things, 
or creatures teach themselves different things, that represents a culture. So perhaps something culturally there is that, you know, you, you have to be aggressive, more aggressive towards man than, than, than not. And whereas up here, they're more avoidance or more, I'm going to get out of the way. So I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I'd love to see, you know, that get answered sometime in my lifetime. But that's a great question. Thank you, Mike, for asking that. Um, uh, OT says, Justin, you're from Canada. Yes, he is. Have you looked at the oil industry document, Bigfoot, uh, oil industry document, Bigfoot sightings as part of their environmental reports? He has only found one such article. I've never seen that, but I'd be interested in having a look if I can get a hold of something like that. But yeah, I'm from Canada, so. <laughs> um, where are the new ones? Uh, yeah, I, I looked on the internet and it says Osman's uh, incident happened near Lund, British Columbia. L-U-N-D. Lund. Oh, well, here's. Is that right? <clears throat> said, interesting, I found a public S3 bucket where it had two documents about using GIS to find Bigfoot Sasquatch habitat. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to see that. (laughs) Yeah, that would be cool. That's a new one on me. Yeah. I mean, I used to work for, I used to work in forestry and um, nobody I knew ever had anything going on like that never seen any documents like that, but also these people that I worked with and people in like the, the fish and wildlife office, they yeah. were never like opposed to talking about Bigfoot. They all knew like I was into it. And yeah. so they weren't like hiding anything either, right. which I thought was interesting. So you get all this government cover up stuff and like them trying to hide it. But a lot of people have to realize that a lot of people that work for their government are still like normal people. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they're interested in stuff. And yeah, you know, there's a lot of biologists too here in Alberta that I've talked to about Bigfoot and they're like pretty open about it. So Mick, Mick is also from Canada. So you know, a little correlation between hmm. So, and, and Timmy boy says that humidity heat hell piss me. It pisses me off too. <laughs> <laughs> You know, a lot of people say that uh, these southern uh, Sasquatch or southern Bigfoot, they don't have a bad attitude. But, you know, I, I'm I'm from Kentucky here, and the experiences that I've had, which I've not talked about much here, but they, uh, they've been pretty calm. You know, there's not been any threatening uh, behavior or whatsoever. So, you know... I, our, I guess our our guys are pretty well behaved. <laughs> I don't I don't know about them anywhere else. That's because of your gun laws. <laughs> no, <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> I can pick up a machine gun and. <laughs> oh man, that's horrible. Um, yeah, I, I, jeez, there are so many. Uh, uh, oh, uh, wow. Hey, and look who just popped in, Keith Worley. Good to see you, Keith. Keith, welcome. So, uh, yeah, and, and Steve Cawther was mentioning uh, Osman about Bigfoot picking him up. And, yeah, that, that could be kind of an a- aggressive behavior, I would think. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so uh, but, yeah. Um, we're Lund, British Columbia. Is that anywhere near where your, your area 
Justin? No. 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 Okay. Well, and not it's not on Vancouver Island either. So Okay. Yeah. Um, um Steve, I was gonna ask you if you looked into the uh the siege of Honabi incident. Ever? I did years ago. I did years ago. And have you found anything interesting about that? Because I was thinking, like, in that case, um, they shot one of them. Apparently. They shot, they shot at one of them. Yeah. But also, there were multiple creatures, and they... Yeah. Well, here's... From what I, I read, they, they took one that was hit and carried it off, but then you hear people saying all the time that, like, when if you shoot a Sasquatch, they're going to go crazy and get really aggressive and kill you. I don't know. Uh, you know, that, that's a good question. Um, oh. Nick says, correction, the Albert Osman story occurred on the Vancouver Island Northeast area, not in the mainland of Canada. That's not true. Okay. Hmm. I don't... <laughs> it, was, it was near the Tobey Inlet, which is on the mainland. So let me, let me ask you this question, and I'm going to get the debate killer right here, because behind me I have... On the Trail of the Sasquatch by John Green, which has a big thing about Osman's case in there. So we'll... Yeah, we'll, it we'll was... Get, yeah, okay, I found it. It was a uh, Toba Inlet is where it Toba occurred. Inlet, Toba Inlet. Toba Inlet, yeah. I don't know where that's at. I know it's in British Columbia, but... <laughs> um, okay, let's see here. Maps, Google Maps. Here we are. So let me... Uh, uh, wow. That whole thing just threw me off, so I just lost my train wreck of thought, as usual. <laughs> and no, it is um, not on Vancouver Island. It is on the mainland, as Justin said, yes. Uh, so but, you know, it's, we're talking uh, 30, 40 miles here. So Now, uh, the, the siege of Honubi, as they call it, the siege of Honubi. It looks like Honobia, but it's actually pronounced uh, Honubi. Um uh, I did have a chance to speak to, uh, uh, via chat, uh, the actual main guy in that. And um, he said it was a lot worse than what got portrayed in the, in, in the BFRO telling of it. They had right. nightly the creatures stomping around on their porches and, and rattling windows and doors. Um, the gunshots they were firing weren't scaring them. And what they realized was, was and, and this makes a hell of a lot of sense, is that they believed, and, and this was not only witnessed by the family that lived there uh, uh, during the siege. I'm going to keep his name out of, out of the mix because it's been out of the mix for a number of years now. <coughs> um, but uh, two BFRO investigators went down, and they confirmed what was going on. They could see what the family was going on. So everybody on that page kind of agrees. Where the disagreement occurred was is that they felt, the family felt, that the BFO investigators were too scared to do anything. And they really, what they wanted was expert advice on how to get rid of them. Hmm. And what ha was happening was, is not only were their deer lockers being raided, but uh, they were firing shots at them when they would see them, and they wouldn't move. They would stay there. They, they would stay put. And that was because they believed that what the gunshots meant to a Sasquatch was dinner bell. <clears throat> because usually when they hear a gunshot, game was dropped. The hog, a feral hog, a, a, a deer, whatever. Hmm. So, and there's a lot of reports, including in that area of, you know, hunters 
taking a shot of something, and then their deer, their deer mysterious, they knew where it was dropped. They go out to get it, and it's gone. It's been, but it's not been dragged off. It looks like it's been picked up. <clears throat> that also happened in Falk, Arkansas, but it wasn't when one was shot. It was actually taken out of a pen. It was a big wild hog, you know, about a thousand pound hog. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah, um, uh, that's the story I heard. And I think the reason why they weren't afraid of gunfire was because it meant the dinner bell to them. And I think, um, if you think about a Sasquatch, it's probably observing us a lot more than we're observing them. They're naturally camouflaged. They move quick. They are smart. Uh, they have primate brains, which means they think, they forward think, they problem solve, they abstract think. So they're probably watching us. That's which is probably the reason why trail cameras in a lot of cases don't work. They see something being set up there, they avoid it. They're smart enough to understand that. Uh, which means that I'm pretty sure they know what a gun means uh, if they've seen it enough. And they hear that gunshot and they see an animal drop and they grab it. So they know what, you know, hey, that gunshot means food. So food's being dropped somewhere. Um, just like the hyenas in Africa will go after kill that lions take or, you know, uh, lions will kill. Um, very similar, I think, to Sasquatch. There's opportunists. I would believe they're omnivorous. So very opportunistic things. And, you know, they'll take the path of least resistance if they have to. And uh, Chris and I have had lots of conversations about paths to least resistance and uh, power line cuts and, and railroad cuts and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I would also say to Justin, if you have any railroad lines anywhere, probably a good, you know, highway byway for them, too. Um, yeah, well, the Ruby, the Ruby Creek incident back in the day in British Columbia took place along a rail, railroad track or like right next to one anyways, where they're... Uh, they had barrels full of fish, this family, and uh, they were being raided as well. And the family escaped down the, the railroad to get away from this thing. So, Yeah, that's, that's one of the good old classics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that uh, Hanobi uh, thing, uh, that sounds like uh, Ape Canyon and Fred Beck incidents, what it sounds like to me. The Hanobi... Uh, what was it? Uh, Honubi, uh, the Honubi, the Siege of Honubi. The Siege of Honubi. Yeah, that sounds like uh, the Siege of Ape Canyon <laughs> all over again. Less violent. So right here, and this is an oldie but goodie. On the track of the Sasquatch by John Green. Yeah, yeah. That is old. Wow. Yes, it is. Um, so I'm just trying to get to Albert Osman's uh, account right now. He kind of combines the chapter with uh, William Rowe. Um, mm. So I got to find the actual Osman portion. There we go. Yeah, Justin, I've got this thing. I want I want somebody to make a movie about Albert Osman. I would love to see the Albert Osman story, uh, you know, Anybody, you know, make it. It's, it would be so good. And uh, I think you, you could probably do it in an hour and a half, probably, you know. I think so. Definitely. There was a, a an old episode of, it was a Canadian TV show where they recreated the Albert Osman encounter, which was mm -hmm. kind of cool. I think, I can't remember what it was called, though. I think it was like, 
Yeah, it slipped my mind. I can't remember, but it was mm. interesting. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So here, here we go. We're gonna we're gonna answer this uh, a little bit about um, Ruby and, Creek. Uh, yeah, Mike, you're 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 yeah. The deer, you're right. The uh, whole nubby, the deer, the deer were attracted to the area by snow peas, which attracted the bigfoot to the deer, and that is correct. That is the same story. Hmm. So. <clears throat> okay. Um, so according to this, um, what Osman says is, I have always followed logging and construction work. This time I had worked over one year on a construction job and thought a good vacation was in order. British Columbia is famous for lost gold mines. <clears throat> one is supposed to be at the head of the Toba Inlet. Of Toba Inlet, Why not look for this mine and have a vacation at the same time? I took the Union Steamship boat to Lund, British Columbia, from there, I hired an old Indian to take me to the head of Toba Inlet. This old Indian was very talkative. He told me about stories about gold brought out by a white man from this lost mine. The white man was a very heavy drinker, spent his money freely in saloons, but he had no trouble in getting more money. He would be away a few days, then come back with a big bag of gold. But one time he went to the, his mine and never came back. Mm-mm-mm. Um... That's interesting. Some people said a Sasquatch had killed him. Also very interesting. At the time, I had never heard of Sasquatch, so I asked what kind of animal is called a Sasquatch. The Indians said they have hair all over their bodies, but they are not animals. They are people. Big people living in the mountains. My uncle saw the tracks of one that were two feet long. One old Indian saw one over eight foot tall. I told the Indian I didn't believe in their tr fables about mountain giants. It might have been some thousand years ago, but not nowadays. <clears throat> the Indian said there may, there may not be many, but they still exist. We arrived at the head of the inlet about 4 p.m. I made camp at the mouth of a creek. Um, I'm just trying to see if there's any... Uh, Next morning, I took my rifle with me, but left my equipment at the camp. I decided to look around for a while. So, he was at the um, head of the Toba Inlet. Yeah. That's where it was. So. Yeah. Apparently, Ron Moorhead went out there with some other people, and they were trying to find the location. That's what he was saying. Yeah, and that's entirely possible. But the disturbing thing I find, and, and this is the only disturbing thing, is it just seems... And... Again, I, I always say this, and I use it with a word with, of caution. Um, you know, even though Osman signed an affidavit, it, it, it to me, <coughs> um, to me, Osman's account just doesn't sound right to me. And reading, <coughs> I mean, the more descript account where he's talking about what this old Indian had said to him. To me, makes it even less believable. Well, uh, the part the part where he talks about that other guy going missing, yeah, that that definitely takes away some of the credibility to me. It, it sounds like it's being a setup. Yeah, you know, and that to me, if Osman's tale was just, hey, I was out there and I came back and I got kidnapped, it would have been a good story. Yeah. But as a lot of people who tell stories. They add more and they add more and they add more to give them more credibility. And actually what they do is they make it sound less believable. Yeah. 
So to me, just based on reading the setup, to me makes me find that a lot suspect to it. Uh, I yeah. still like it. I, I like it. <clears throat> uh, well, I, I always say this, you know, he had a gun. Why didn't he use it? Why didn't he fire yeah. it in the air? Why, well, you know, he did fire it. Did he? Yeah. 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 And it did nothing to them. Yeah, he, he shot fired. it over the head of the female. Right. Well, yeah, yeah that's yeah. when he was escaping. But, you know, originally being kidnapped, he was dropped, he was dropped off and he was there for a while. And he used his snuff rather than just pick up his gun and go bang, bang, bang and try to scare them out. Well, that's I don't thing. think they were. I don't think they were violent at all until he tried to leave. So I, I agree. He, he had like five or six cartridges for his rifle, and that was it. Now, and he was thinking he didn't have enough ammo to take care of all of them. That is what he was thinking. I guarantee it, uh, because man, these things are. You know, you know they're big, Steve. I mean, yeah. I know you've seen. I know you've seen them, but. The full-grown male adult, these dudes are big. And it's like a, a, a full-grown fat man like me could stand next to one of these big guys. And it, it's like uh, you feel like a five-year-old kid staring up at your adult father. Yeah. You know, there's that much of a difference in them. And it made me wonder, you know, and I carried a pistol on me at that time. And I did have one encounter that was really close. It was, it was really close, too close. And from then on, I carried two, two pistols. I had one on each side because I was worried that I could empty <laughs> one and it might not do nothing to it. Well, you know, I, 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 I just, there's something that rings wrong with it to me, maybe. Um, you know, like the, him, him grabbing in his bag, him in his sleeping bag, and he had all his yeah. gear in his sleeping bag. He had his rifle, he had his snuff can. That is suspicious yeah. you see you see and then yes. you add that fact with the beginning of the story of him talking about a man that was allegedly killed by a sasquatch and he was told that this by this indian who took him there well you know a man was killed by a sasquatch i agree That's and then often, oh but... i've never heard of sasquatch before what are they and then well you know and then you get this description yeah it sounds awfully like a setup to me i mean that it just sounds and then they get kidnapped with all your stuff that's understandable, but you know I could still go out on a limb with Mister Austin and believe that he had his gun in his sleeping bag, because if I was asleep in that area with all those brown bears, you can bet I would have my gun in my sleeping bag with me. I guess my heart wants to believe in it, you know, but my uh, my 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 brain is telling me, yeah, because you know. We're, you know, be cautious, and that's the problem with a lot of folks. Is well, they, they yeah. wear they wear their hearts on their sleeves with a lot of stuff when it comes to the classic stuff. Yeah, and you know because the classic stuff now becomes like the legend, you know, and you don't well, want to tear down the legend. I'm not treating this this story like no, no, no. Uh, I'm, and I'm not was, saying you are, it, but there's a lot of people that would get very. Um, very mad. I'm gonna have to check my email real quick because uh, somebody just. It's just one of the one of the classics that I really like. As far as to me, it sounds right, and uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of the descriptions that he described that would be hard to uh, somebody uh, eating the roots of of these uh, grasses. Okay, that's a that's a real primate thing to do. You know, they they would be eating the roots of grasses, and uh, so little little descriptions like that kind of add credibility to it. 
to me. Yeah, so I'm going to pull up something that, um, let's see what we got. I wouldn't mind going up in that area and checking it out. It's tough. <laughs> it's a lot it's, of uh, dense brush there, like pretty dense. nightmare probably, yeah. Oh, great. That's all I need. Dense brush and grizzly bears. <laughs> yeah, lots of grizzly bears. <laughs> on, I'm going to, uh, I don't know why I didn't think of this in the first place. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Low rider said Osman stuff, snuff may have been laced with acid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. That's a thought. What are we looking at here, Steve? Uh, this is a Trans Mountain Pipeline. Volume 5D, blah, 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 blah. And I, I, I this is just really quick. So, um, obviously, it's going to take me a little more time to delve into this. All I, I, I'll do is... I'll PM these documents over to you tonight, too, Justin. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Uh, but right here, it says plate 5.14.1.4-5. Uh, Broken and twisted branches are evidence of Sasquatch president, uh, presence at RK124.6. This reminds me of the uh, Columbus Day now, documents. Yeah, you know, it could be... <laughs> Um, there, was a, there was like a forestry handbook that they apparently gave out. Yeah. And that, this that, is, this reminds me of that. Yeah. <laughs> and there it is. Hmm. Oh yeah. Look, uh, is that a burial site of a Bigfoot or a burial site of a person? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take these documents and we're going to start researching into them. We may find something. Uh, out and I want to thank uh, OT for sending yeah. me these. Awesome. And uh, we'll 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 give them a we'll give them a run because um, I want to know where these came from, and we'll check these pictures out for where they came from if they only yeah. show up on this document. There is another one too um, that I haven't pulled up yet. Um, and if that and, turns out to be a legitimate burial site, we'll dig into it. Yeah, and um, hang on, that was got... that was cheesy, wasn't it, Justin? <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna let it slide. <laughs> yeah, I, like let's let's search for this term on this next document. And see if we got it. One of one, and uh, see, then there's another one that apparently is coming out and this is supposedly a presentation on Amazon optimal US, site selection okay right? and then yeah. you see um right there so something i don't know like anybody can make this stuff exactly so we'll we'll, we'll take a dig into it and uh and and how I normally do this is I'm going to try to find the exact document 
and then see if it matches what we got here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, because that's how I picked up that suspicious mm-hmm. stuff on that last one, is I found the original Forestry Handbook, yeah. and they took a section of it and they modified it right to right, have a, right, a Sasquatch right. part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very, they've given us something to look at. So by next week, tune in next week, folks. Yeah, this is kind of like those UFO documents. We'll have an answer next week. Oh, yeah. <coughs> so well, we'll have to see. Somebody, uh... <coughs> yeah, um... <laughs> that's... And OT even says, guys, check it out. Ser- and seriously, tell us. Yeah, we will. Uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see if this was planted by somebody. And, you know, hopefully not by the name of Linda Newton Perry. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, no. Um, Toba Inlet. The whole Man. Miller, the Miller document. Yeah, And that, that was very, that was actually very smart how that was done. Uh, because... She took a couple of people. She took one person who was a, a Miller by one profession and then totally mixed in a Miller of another profession. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that, you know, obviously neither one went to an Ivy League school, so that kind of killed everything right there. But mm-hmm. <coughs> as she would state. And then the other parts of the Miller document, which, you know, the that was the follow up on finding the bodies and here's the loggers that found the bodies and of course they were not they were stolen out of a newspaper article this so, is like the Justin Lund photo yeah yeah the um well it was uh the it was uh Jerry Luston remember the Jerry Luston Jerry Luston here's yeah. Jerry Luston it was actually a guy by the name of Buzzy Franklin who and the funny thing is is Actually, somebody that's a Bigfoot researcher out in the area, Buzzy, had his diner, said, oh, yeah, I saw that picture all the time. He had that picture in the diner. Yeah. So it's like, I know I know Buzzy for years. Too bad his diner closed. He had good food there. You know, mm. it's like. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and then, yeah, my, my uncle grew up on Lockwood Farm where there was no H.J. Miller, according to someone who could look. Yeah, and, and truthfully, uh, uh, there was an H. A. Miller, but he was a doctor in the late nineteenth century. He got his degree in the late nineteenth century, and by nineteen ten, he had co-authored a book or some papers with other doctors. Nothing to do with the the Miller that graduated in thirty one or thirty four, whatever it was. She said it was that supposedly was the guy who investigated this, or you know, dissected the body. And the, the the guy that that she's saying it was a was a forester. He wasn't a um, wasn't a doctor or a, a biologist or anything like that. Yeah. So uh, Mick is taking off. I got to go before I dive in. <laughs> and he, and he also follows that up with, uh, oops, and stay away from the ballyhoo bread crap. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Good advice. Yeah. Yes, good advice, good advice. Well, we might as well wrap up the show. We've had some great discussion tonight. Um, and I think, you know, uh, Justin, uh, again, uh, we can find your st- stuff if you search YouTube on Mountain Beast Mysteries. And yep. uh, Justin has some really, really, you know, awesome, awesome stuff that uh, 
that's out there. Check it out. Um, he does things with an open mind, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, I, you know, so what, what have you got planned for the future? Oh, uh, well, I want to get out to, um, that Valley that, uh, I had filmed last summer. That's out in the Nordic area. And uh, I want to do like a prolonged expedition, something nice. between like two and three weeks and just stay out there nice. and, uh, see what happens. Um, and then the area I was in, in the second supernatural Sasquatch film, I'm going to be taking a lot of trips out there. I, I like the hike out there. It's not too taxing. It's a little mm -hmm. bit long, but it's easy to get to. And there has been weird things happening out there. So yep, it brings those are the two main areas. Yep. Uh, and, and I would say, uh, you know, definitely keep, keep at it, man. You're, you're doing great. And, Thank you. um, you know, it's, it's folks like, and I don't know if you know, uh, uh, Cameron Young, um, he is from the Edmonton area too. He's kind of new at it. He's been doing a lot of desktop stuff for a number of years and started getting out recently. And he's up your way too. And, uh, you know, he's another guy that's very ground based, young, younger guy. He's probably in his early twenties. Well, sharp, uh, very yeah, sharp, sharp, sharp kid, yeah. sharp yeah. kid. I'll have so, to look him up. Yeah, I'll, uh, you know, he is on my Facebook page, uh, as friends on my, but if, if you need his contact, I'll pass that over to you too. Yeah, You sure. guys can talk it out because I know he's, he's trying to get out there and he's trying to do stuff and he's got some, some big, I, not really anything, but he's just trying to get into it. So hopefully we can get him hooked up with somebody. Yeah. Um, and, um, as far as that, um, Justin, I want to thank you for coming on. Any, any other last yeah, messages you want to get out to your out uh, to the listeners out there. No, just go to the YouTube, subscribe, stay tuned for more adventures this summer. Hopefully we'll find something substantial, but probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully no misadventures either. Well, misadventures uh, are yeah. good movies too. Yeah. That's Tell me true. about years ago. I had, I did a Bigfoot trip out and I was videotaping and wow. we come out and there's one of the guys on my team who was, who I was driving behind he got two nails in his tire, Ooh. Mm. and he's mm. like, and he had just bought the car the week before. So here's the video that son of a beep! I can't believe it. It's a beep hole. Beep, beep. Hey, this is some good video. <laughs> oh man, that's terrible. So all right, brother, you be safe. Great talking to you, my man. Thank you, Justin. And, we appreciate uh, yeah. having you on, buddy. We'll, we'll definitely yeah, thanks be for having me. Definitely be keeping in touch on that other topic we've been talking about. So. Oh, yes, definitely. Yeah, so. All right, my brother, you take it easy, bro. All right, take care, guys. So that was a heck of a great show we had tonight there, Chris. Oh, man, I love Justin. He's yeah. a great guest. He's, he's awesome to talk to and, you know. Just easy so going, easy going. He's not one of them people that says, oh, this is Bigfoot, that's Bigfoot, this is Bigfoot. He looks at it through a, a lens and says, wait a minute now. Yep. You know, this could be something else, you yep. know, I, I like that. And he's not one to shut things down either. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I agree with that. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I have a friend, uh, uh, her name is Cookie. Uh, it's her screen name. I, I see her at uh, Winter Parafest. Mm -hmm. uh, I do out in Rochester, uh, just saw it. And she had this, she wanted to talk to me about the, the this kind of alien 
attitude about Bigfoot and stuff. And right. I listened to her and we listened to her and I said, well, here's what I think. And boom, 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 boom. And I didn't shoot any of her ideas down, but I explained what, what I thought. Yeah. And she turned around and I was like, wow, that was really, really cool. Because, you know, usually people either shut me down or, so, right. you know, Justin's on the right track, man. He's not, doesn't shut up. He listens, active yeah. listener, and doesn't yeah. really put in a, an opinion necessarily. And just, hey, these are one of the things we need to get answered eventually. That's awesome. And yeah. not everything is a Sasquatch. Again, awesome. So uh, <clears throat> I don't know what shenanigans we're going to pull off for next week, Chris. But I will try to uh, get some more videos off this week. Um on the YouTube channel, so too. oh yeah, 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 yeah. You get the, I, you did that uh, did Whitehall, New York, when in Whitehall, New York stories yeah. last uh, mm-hmm. last Tuesday. Um, I, I was going to do a couple other things, but uh, you know, I I, I uh, worked on a little investigation that kind of like floored me, and I really had to sit back and think about you know how to proceed going forward and right so and then you know dealing with other stuff too getting uh, you know some some life stuff getting together all good nothing bad yeah but uh so that took some of my time out you know uh had to do a little do a little uh man chores and stuff like that so but uh <clears throat> anyway uh folks uh i want to thank everybody for showing up this week again chris yeah thanks everybody for joining us we really appreciate y'all and remember you guys on YouTube, if you hadn't already, you know, uh, subscribe, like, and hit the notification button. Thank you. And don't forget to share, because sharing, yeah. is, because sharing <laughs> is caring. <clears throat> okay, folks. Again, on behalf of us here at Squatch DTV, want everybody to have a great week. Keep safe. God bless, and of course, keep on squatching. We'll catch you all here next week, Sunday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, here on YouTube. Twitter, Facebook, the World Wide Web. So, okay, catch you all later, folks. Here we go. Hey, folks, you've been watching Squatch DTV. Join us each week, Sunday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, for the latest on the Bigfoot mystery. As always, we thank you for being our loyal viewers and encourage all to subscribe to our YouTube page at youtube.com slash Steve Culls. As always, have a great week. Stay safe. God bless. And keep on squatching.